Let's go to Hotline and welcome a, uh, a true American hero back to the show. Brad Meltzer, how are you, sir? I'm good, my brother. How you been? Brad, I, I was explaining to everybody, you got to imagine there's not a whole lot of readers in our audience, but uh, Brad is the only author we will really put on this show on a regular basis. Uh, and uh, I was explaining to the people out there that not only are you writing these books, but you are a legit historian. If, if, if you were to compare it to that Nicolas Cage movie, what is that movie? National Treasure. National Treasure. You genuinely care about these things, kind of like that character did in that movie. I am. I, I wake up every morning and I tell myself in the mirror, "I am Nicholas Cage." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a comparison for you. He wrote all these books. He's done all this stuff. You are Nick Cage to us, buddy. <laughs> Not Nicholas Cage. You know what I'm talking about. Well, can I tell? Can I tell you one thing though? Can I? Um, is that when I went to the National Archives to research one of my thrillers? You know that the head of security at the archives there, one of the guards there, said that the number one question that they're asked. Is, is there really a treasure map on the back of the declaration? Oh, <laughs> America. How do we know there's well, not? Here's the thing. Wait, here's the thing, though. Here's what no one knows is, and I'm going to tell you this, is there actually is something on the back of the Declaration of Independence. It's not a treasure map. It's actually a handprint. And it's in the bottom right corner. When you go to the National Archives, look in the bottom right corner, and no one knows how the handprint got there. Mm. But it's an awesome mystery. I know how it got there. Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Could it be uh, Ben Franklin? Do, do we know? Listen, I, 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 no one knows who it is. They don't know. You know, we used to keep the Declaration of Independence in the w front window of the State Department, and, and you know, like so people could walk by and see it. We didn't know anything about preserving paper, so we just used to sit in the sun. And then we were like, "Wait, crap! That's mm. going to be terrible." Um, so no one knows where the handprint came from. If it's you know Ben Franklin himself or John Hancock said, not just the signature, but there it was. Yeah. Let me give a, a big high five to it. Do you? Uh, you didn't have those cool Ben Franklin glasses where you spin them around and you could see all the magic stuff. Mm -hmm. That's so you have no idea if there's a map on there or not. Yeah, but I do have magic glasses, of course. <laughs> I mean, what kind of historian would I be without magic glasses? Right. Uh, this this story is amazing. I I was unaware that this flag was actually missing. Uh, Brad Melcher sent an email out that I got the other night announcing that the uh, that the flag from nine eleven. Uh, was recovered. Now, it had been missing for some time, but you've known for a while that you had it. What were you just trying to authenticate it the whole time? That's exactly right. You know, a, a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, we told the story on our show Lost History that the famous flag the firefighters raised at Ground Zero had gone missing. Someone took it. And what I couldn't tell anybody, and I'd spoken to you a number of times, and, you know, but four days, at the end of the show, I come on and say, please, if you see it, return it, bring it to its rightful place. And what no one knew is four days after that first show aired, a former Marine walks into a fire station in Washington State, of all places, says, I saw the show Lost History, and I need to bring this back where it belongs. And, he, and we offered a $10,000 reward. He didn't even take the reward. Oh. We spent the last, it's taken all this time to authenticate it. And I, in fact, as I'm talking to you, I'm in New York City. I'm driving down to the 9-11 Memorial and Museum, and I'm going to be on, we're unveiling it today. I'm actually speaking today at 10 o'clock to give it to the world and put it back so that kids and, and everyone can go see it and be inspired by what these amazing people did. You're, you're a rather humble guy. It's certainly when it comes to majestic pieces like this, you're not taking really the credit for this, but you have to feel wonderful that really you spearheaded this whole thing. If you didn't put this out there and make this as public as it was, it wouldn't have come back. You, I and, hope we'll, and we'll go down in history. Yeah. As the guy who got the I flag back. 
Let's you know the truth is there is you know like when we do a, when I do a book there's so many my name is on the cover but there are so many people who are behind the scenes and it's the same thing here there are so we have our investigators we have this amazing police force in Washington State that helped us we have you know the people who did forensic investigating you know and you'll see the whole thing culminates just to see the vast group of people we're working with is this Sunday on History Channel at 10:30 p.m. we do an hour long special that shows you the entire investigation and how it came back. It's wow. called uh, the 9-11, it's called the 9-11 flag rise from the ashes. And it's on this Sunday on the 15th anniversary of 9-11 at 10 30 PM. What is the authentication process? How do you, how do we know for sure? I know that the flag that they put in its place was a different size and, uh, and it definitely was, was not the right flag. How do we know that this is the right one? So you need, what you need is you need three things. You need forensic testing. You need eyewitness testimony, maybe someone who knew it. And you also are going to look at photographic evidence. And so to start with that forensic testing, one of the things you do is um, 9-11 dust, as our investigator explained to me, is like a fingerprint. Because it's not just a building that's collapsing that's in there, but it's also jet fuel and it's also human remains. Uh-huh. And he said, Brad, the o- he said the only way to recreate this dust is to recreate 9-11. And he said to me, like, you know, he'd stake his house on this. So that tells us that this is a flag from Ground Zero. It doesn't tell us it's the flag from Ground Zero. So then we start looking um, at the other two parts and the eyewitness people and the people who know the flag. And truthfully, my friend, this is where we got lucky. Because what happened was it came down to the halyard. And you'll see on the show, I don't want to ruin it, but the halyard, which is the thing that you attach to the flag to kind of hoist it into the air, the clips. Um, there's something really special about them that when you look at them and you see that video, you're going to go like, oh, I got it. And you'll yeah. see that there's no way that anyone could know and see what was exactly on this. Now, uh, the guy who who turned it in, did he not want a reward because he felt guilty, you think? Did he, did he swipe this thing as a, I'm stealing it, or did he just come down and he said, hey, I'm going to hold on to this? Like, do we know his story? You know, so he said he's a former Marine and identifies himself as that. And he basically said that he got it from someone who got it from someone who was a widow of a 9-11, I think, first responder or someone who passed away at 9-11. Um, there are some people who doubt the story because they're like, you know what, if you give it to a widow, you know, when you when you present a flag to someone, it's folded nice and neat. And when we got this flag back, the halyards and all the clips were attached and everything was still there. My personal opinion and this is just guess. No one has any more facts at this point. But I think that um, what happens, you know, when I was in college, a buddy of mine, as a prank, we were playing a prank one night, and he, and he walked into a classroom, and he's like, look, man, I stole a computer. And I was like, what are you talking, you can't do that. Like, that's not like toilet paper in someone's stuff. That you, like, <laughs> stole property from the school. And, and he was like, well, we, you know, we can't bring it. I'm like, bring it back. He's like, I can't bring it back. We'll get in trouble. And I said to him, you know what, I'm bringing it back. And I picked it up, and we, I walked back to the classroom, and they said, what if the cops come and the security come and I said, you know what? I'm going to tell them I'm trying to do the right thing. And I don't care. Yeah. And I personally, and on, that's a tiny, stupid microcosm, but in my mind, I think that's probably more likely what happened here, which is that someone did something bad. You know, don't forget when the flag was taken, it wasn't famous yet. It was just a flag. And right. then two days later, it becomes the most famous flag because in the 21st century, because this guy takes his famous photo. So I think personally what happens is, is this guy finds out that someone has it. They're like, I can't return it without getting in trouble. And he says, you know what? I'm going to just take it back and do the right thing. So I actually appreciate what this guy did. Sure. And who cares really at this point? It comes back. That's what's important. And I think that uh, it's become, 
as a New Yorker, I know uh, a lot of firemen. I know a lot of police officers, and uh, those th- those folks really hold those mementos close as as kind of a symbol of all the people that were lost. And this is a, a victory for those families. Listen, that's what I'm talking about today. Is that you know you go to museums um, because museums are like giant books and mm-hmm. they're filled with stories. And when you see these objects and you see these totems, they make you feel something and they make you remember something. And to me, that's the real power of this, is that when you see this object, you're transported like a good story is. But the best stories in the whole world don't just tell you some, you know, kind of action or adventure or harm or what they tell you is something about yourself. Yeah. And that's what this flag does. It's like a mirror that we hold up and it tells us about ourselves. Man, and uh, and to have to, for you to have it and have to sit on it for so long, that must have made you crazy. It was crazy. The, funny, the crazier part was they said, okay, we're going to announce it. And this is the week that our, our new children's book comes out called I Am George Washington with a giant flag in it. And, and my friend said to me, man, Brad, you will go to no length to like promote your book. <laughs> you know, he's like, you, you went and found the flag. Just I'm like, I promise you it's just stupid coincidence. Like we never knew they was going to all happen together. What are they, little biographies on uh, on famous people? Yeah, so we do, I think I told you about them, you know, we do, um, I was tired of my kids looking at reality TV show stars and right. thinking that that's an athlete, so we started with I'm Amelia Earhart and I am Abraham Lincoln, and this week we came out with I am George Washington and I am Jane Goodall, and I am George Washington, I did because, you know, again, just let's stay on the politics side, when I look at my, when my kids look at politicians today, and it goes perfectly with this flag, they see politicians, what they don't see are leaders. Yeah. These firemen were leaders. I want my kids to see leaders. I want my daughter to see leaders. And, you know, George Washington was a leader because he knew that being a leader is not about being in charge. It's about taking care of those in your charge. And so when you read I Am George Washington and you get it for your kids, your nieces or your nephews, it's to give them a moral lesson and show them what a good person is, not what a politician is. Yeah, I, I have to tell you, uh, the, it, you really have to think about those things and educate this next generation because my my kid is engulfed in YouTube, and I don't think he knows anybody but the uh, the folks he sees making videos. That I have no idea who they are. Uh, this is Brad Listen, Meltzer. Send me your address after. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the books, man. Because how old is your kid? He just turned ten. Yeah, no, that's our sweet spot. I mean, they're little picture book series, but with like they're awesome stories. And we don't go, you know, your kid like my kid doesn't care, you know, if George Washington won a battle or even as president that they can't relate to that. So what we do is we tell the stories from when they're little. So we show you that George Washington, when he was a little kid, he wasn't a great athlete. He wasn't even a great scholar. He, you know, he was, he basically liked to fish. He liked to swim. He liked to dance. George Washington loved to dance. And he was in school. He was good at math, but he was a terrible speller. Now my daughter loves to dance. My sons and my, all my kids and my whole family, including myself are terrible spellers. And now to my kids, George Washington's relatable. Yeah, sure. And, and they're like, oh, dad, you know, like, I get him. And now they care about him. And then you can tell them a story about something that they'll care about. Now he's just like them. And so these aren't the stories of famous people. This is what we're all capable of in our very best days. Yeah, the, and kids definitely, uh, I've seen it happen. Uh, in, in, the kids relate to that stuff. Even sure. if, even in fiction, uh, if they could relate to something that the kids do in the book, they attach to that and they learn from that. This is Brad Meltzer. He has uh, been a longtime friend of the show. He's an author. He's written great uh, uh, thrillers all based on on uh, historical and, and factual kind of things. And uh, he's had access to the White House. What's ne- what's next? What What's out there that you... Uh, I know this is not your big thing. You're not out hunting for things, but is there something out there now that you wish you can get back or you have a line on or something? 
You know, we have actually leads on every object we did on Lost History. Really? Um, but we just don't have the show, so we need people. Like, obviously, we want, you know, we hope that the show will eventually come back. We were the number one show on H2, but when H2 got transferred over to Viceland, they could transfer the whole network. Everything on it just went kaput. So, mm. you know, to me, I, what I love is that when, when someone does something like this with the 9-11 flag, um, what it does is, like any good deed, it inspires other people. So I really believe in my heart. You know, when, when I pitched the show to the History Channel years ago, the head of the History Channel looked me in the eye, looked at, looked at me in the pitch, and he said, "Brad, uh, I, one of the questions I never, you know, I remember him asking me is, are you going to find anything?" <laughs> and I said to him, and I said to him very honestly, I, like I think we will, but I'm just telling you that we have no idea what it's going to be. That America is going to surprise us in a way we can't anticipate. And whatever we think we're going to find, we're not going to find. And, and the thing we never think we're going to find is going to show up. And that's exactly what happened. Sure. I just never thought it would be the number one item we were looking for. I, I think, and God, it's horrible the way uh, that you that the dust people can find it. But uh, I, I would think the hardest thing is, would be authenticating it. But thankfully, because of the of the mixture of what was there and what would be in it, 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 it would make it pretty obvious that it was from that scene. Right. So, uh, well, you got to feel good today. And you're headed over to the museum now? I'm literally on my way to the museum. I stayed up late to write my speech last night. And, um, you know, listen, this is, uh, no, no matter what I say, it can't capture the enormity of the loss. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, I stand there because of these brave firefighters, these first responders, these victims, these families, and these survivors. And, um, and, and it's just one of those ones where, you know, you know I know you're a longtime brother, Mike, and I, I, I can always find the words and entertain but this is one where even I last night was like, you know, trying to find these words. I know nothing I write is going to do justice. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, they'll appreciate it today when uh, when it's returned. Certainly the people involved and the, and the people of New York and the country. Uh, the flag will be there. And on Sunday, I don't I didn't really know about the uh, people. I put it on my personal Facebook page and they show one that you would be on the show today with a picture of the flag. And people have responded to the post asking you know when when they can see it and when they'll be there. And I was not aware that the show would be on uh, on Sunday. What time is that? Yeah, so it's Sunday, ten thirty p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, please tell people because that's you know the one thing is is, and it's not because we need good ratings. It doesn't matter if we get good ratings. The show's not on the air anymore. I don't care. Like, right. What what matters though is when people see this story. And the reason I want people to see the story is, you know, as in any like I said, when those those objects in museums is they tell us something about ourselves and they show us who we can be. And as a result of something like this, I was starting to say this before is someone out there is going to go, you know what? I know about this object too. And I got to say something about it. Mm. And that's how we're going to get something else back is when people hear the story and see the impact it can have when you do the right thing. Maybe they'll finally take that grail out of the warehouse and Indiana Jones put in there. Sure, yeah. yeah get know, that you know what, can I tell you the craziest story is when we filmed the lost history episode where we did the flags. Yeah. I'm not joking. We filmed it in where in Indiana Jones where they filmed that final scene in the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, were, we were looking for this real historical object that has this, you know, great historical significance and all I'm doing is going we're in the place where Indiana Jones and the Ark is, man. <laughs> yeah. Get a crowbar. Start opening up some boxes. Uh, Brad Meltzer, check him out Sunday, 1030 on the History Channel. Good job, buddy. Thanks, Brother Mike. I'll speak to you soon. All right. Have a good weekend. There you go. There's Brad Meltzer. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. 
LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.